0: The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Servicemaster of Greater Pittsburgh, demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre recorded.
3: Welcome to Pitt Cycles in Warrendale. That's where I am. I hope to see you out here. We're going to be here till six o'clock doing the show live. And I'm sitting here with uh, the co-owner, Bill O'Baker. Bill, how are you doing?
4: I'm doing great tonight, John.
3: Good. So I want to make sure that I was, first of all, I was stunned when I walked in here. And I said that to you when I came in at the number of motorcycles in here. What a great-looking place this is. But I want to make sure we get to talk to you about what's going on here. It's the the grand opening, and it's the addition of BMW motorcycles. So what's the the big deal about that, and what would you like to tell people about that?
4: Well, we've been fortunate enough to award it. uh, BMW's dealership uh, in the northern part of Pittsburgh, um, it's been a number of years since BMW's been present in the North Hills. Mm-hmm. Um, after they did their due diligence and took a look at the way that we treat customers and uh, present products, uh, they were quite happy to allow their product to be marketed by us. Uh, it's the fifth brand that we, uh, we we deliver into the marketplace, and uh, we're quite uh, pleased to have a, a, a brand of that quality added into our stable And what led you and uh, your partner, Mike, to start Pit Cycles? Well, we've been riding motorcycles for over 50 years. And uh, as a result, uh, we bought a number of motorcycles over those time periods, and we never really felt any of the purchasing experiences were were ones that we felt good about. Mm -hmm. So as a result, we decided we wanted to do something different. We wanted to make sure that when people walk through the door, they know that they're appreciated. We're glad they're here. I don't care what brand they ride, just as long as they come through and uh, we can treat them as friends and
3: family. Now, I see on your website uh, and also on your trailers, the tagline, purveyors of distinctive brands. What's that all about?
4: Well, we've tried to pick brands that are uh, a specific niche or image or quality. Uh, obviously, BMW is one of those um, you know, iconic brands. Uh, we've also carried Triumph, which is a brand that has a you know, great history style. Uh, engineering is top flight. Uh, iconic brands like Indian Motorcycle, the first motorcycle brand in the United States. Uh, KTM, a uh, bike that's built to be race-ready coming out of the crate. We just, we've just we picked brands that, for all intents and purposes, are the,
3: the pinnacle of what they represent. And, uh, again, when you if, you if you come out here to pit cycles, it's uh, in Warrendale right next to the You'll be stunned when you walk in and see the, uh, everything that's available to you. Real quick, uh, got about 30 seconds. Just give me a one-word description of a BMW motorcycle. Well, if if
4: if you think of BMW, the first word that comes to mind is precision.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: So, in in one word, precision. If I took more than one word, <laughs> you got a
3: few seconds. You can do that.
4: It would be uh, just the combination of engineering, uh, ride quality, execution. Uh, they're just a well-pieced together machine. And you got a bunch of them here for people to choose from. We do. Uh, we're quite fortunate to have inventory
3: available. All right, uh, that's Bill O'Baker. He's the co-owner of uh, Pit Cycles in Warrendale. We are coming to you live from there. Come on out and check us out. They tell me we have prizes. Come and check them out. We'll be right back.
6: Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey... Head to AceYourRetirement.org and start chatting with Avvo today. That's AceYourRetirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council.
2: It's no secret, America. We've been let down. Inflation is taking its toll. In the grocery stores, the products we buy, and the pain of every visit to the gas pump. At Upside, we're fighting back with our free app that pays you back serious money on every tank of gas or diesel. Up to 25 cents per gallon. Just for using the Upside app, no strings attached. Upside users have already been paid back a total of more than 250 million dollars with inflation and the soaring price of gas it's easy to feel like you're losing control but with upside's free app you can start putting money back in your wallet with every gallon whenever you want cash out with paypal and e-gift card or transfer the money directly into your bank account download the free upside app and get cash back on every gallon of gas use promo code salem for an additional 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first fill up that's promo code s-a-l-e-m remember you Use promo code SALEM when you download the free upside app and get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank of gas. Cashback's not available in gas in New Jersey, Wisconsin.
0: The coming midterms may be the most important election in the history of our country. The battle lines are drawn. The war for America's soul is on the line. Now is your chance to help freedom win. Join Salem Media Group and this station for the Battleground Talkers Tour coming in October. The best minds in conservative media and thought will dissect the coming election. Learn who's on the right side. Join us for a vigorous discussion about the issues that are so crucial to you, your family, and community. The economy and inflation. The border crisis. Our civil rights under attack. Higher taxes. And the effects the Biden administration is having on this country. The Battleground Talkers Tour will be something you never forget and could make the difference in this coming election. Join us. Join Gallagher, Hewitt, Prager, and Tatum. The Battleground Talkers Tour, Thursday, October 20th at the Doubletree by Hilton and Greentree, hosted by Pittsburgh's own John Steigerwald. Tickets at theanswerpth.com. The John Steigerwald Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, if
3: you've been paying attention to the Senate race here in Pennsylvania, you know that uh, John Fetterman has been avoiding the media. He says it's because of the after effects of his stroke in May. But should the media give him a pass or should they be calling uh, for him to either show he can do the job uh, as a senator or he should quit? Jeffrey McCall is a professor of communications at DePaul University, and he's our go-to guy for media ethics. He's also a media critic for The Hill, and he joins us now. Jeff, good to have you back on. Thanks very much. So this is kind of new territory for the media, but millions of people could be affected by who wins this race. How much sympathy should Fetterman get from the media on this?
7: Well, you raise an interesting issue because that Senate rate in Pennsylvania is a big one and may determine control of the Senate for all we know. So it might not just affect people in Pennsylvania, it could affect the entire nation. And I must say, uh, somebody who's had health problems deserves a certain amount of, you know respect, certainly, and sympathy, uh, and we need to give them some uh, roadway in which to work. But having said all that, uh, the job of a U.S. senator is a very important one, and it is a tough one. And somebody who's going to do that job has to be able to measure up, you know, in terms of physical and mental stamina to be able to do the job. And so the media should not be giving uh, Fetterman a pass just because he has had health problems, In fact, they should actually consider that part of the story at a certain point. Uh, And I'm not saying you do that in an insensitive or cruel manner, but I think you do need to be able to assess, is he up to the job? What are the circumstances of his health condition right now that might preclude him being able to debate, for example, or appear on the road or whatever? And I must say, this is a rough and tumble world, the political world. You know that. And it's one of those things where, regardless of how you feel emotionally about somebody who's had serious health problems, which Fetterman has had, they still need to be able to do the job. And and this should be a situation where is the person qualified and capable of doing the job, not do we feel sorry for the person because they've had health challenges. And it's, it's not unlike a professional athlete that you like and appreciate and have been a fan of, When it's time for them to retire, can they actually hit anymore? Can they block anybody? Can they tackle anybody? And all those things are separate from whether they've had a great career or they've had an injury. And I mean, nobody would think to take, you know, a Steelers linebacker who's had a severe injury and say, well, we like that guy a lot, so let's put him on the field and let him play anyway. And so I think this is the same thing, you know, it's a sports parallel, but I think it's the same thing with Fetterman. Is he up to the task? Can he handle the job? And Should we expect him to do the same kinds of things in campaigning to earn a Senate position that we would expect somebody who had not had health problems?
3: Yeah, and being up for the job uh, physically, obviously, is what we're talking about here because of his issues. But that's the purpose of debates. It's supposed to be a debate is supposed to also uh, show the voters whether or not, or at least give them uh, some way of judging whether they think you're up to the job. So if you can't debate... And you can't do a one-on-one interview with anybody. No matter what your physical condition is, how can you sh- display to anybody that you're up for the
7: job? Well, one of the qualifications of being a United States senator is being able to go to the most important deliberative body in the world, the United States Senate, and be able to serve on committees where there are debates and on the floor of the Senate where there are debates. And at a certain point, a qualification for being a senator should be, that they can manage themselves to engage in those rhetorical debates uh, in public where Senate committee meetings are held and where the Senate operates. And that would include, I would say, even media interviews, because as a member of the Senate, at a certain point, you're responsible to your constituency where you have to report back and explain and do interviews and engage your constituency. If you're unable or unwilling, which are two different things, to do media interviews where you talk to the people about your priorities for issues or your, you know, your vision of where you're gonna take you know, your Senate uh, seat and that sort of thing, you are kind of letting your constituents down. And that's why I think the media should not just casually give Fetterman a pass and say, oh, we're not gonna ch- you know, expect you to debate, we're not gonna do one-on-one interviews for you because you know, we don't wanna hold your feet to the fire or hold you to that standard. That's a standard that they need to hold him to. And you know, frankly, I hope his health is such that he could do these things. But in 2020, we saw the Biden uh, presidential campaign pretty much hide from the media during an entire election season. And I don't think the, the electorate across the nation had a full sense of what Biden's challenges were uh, and then he's all of a sudden president and we see these gaps and people are shocked and astounded that, you know, he's not, he's not robust. He maybe has trouble like, articulating himself and that sort of thing. And then we find that out after the election. And that's because the media did not challenge Biden. Uh, they didn't re- expect him to do interviews and they made excuses for him like, oh, he's, you know, trying to protect himself from covid and that kind of stuff. When heaven knows, he could have well been on the campaign trail in a lot of places and still been protected from COVID by being on a stage. Or, heck, you can do media interviews in this day and age without even being in person. And the Biden you know, campaign in 2020 ran a very soft campaign with the media's permission. And then, you know, you know who knows how the election might have turned out one way or the other anyway. But it, I, all I'm saying here is I don't think the electorate as a whole knew what Biden's difficulties were at that time
3: yeah and and uh fetterman i'm 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 gonna guess has uh, kind of gone to school on that his campaign they they saw oh, that they were he's ahead in the polls and they saw biden get away with it um
7: <laughs> oh i would think so i i bet they observed very closely in 2020 and like hey how did this work and they can say hey biden pulled it off maybe we can too run a stealth campaign and uh maybe it'll work and and who knows it might as you said he's ahead in the polls it might work
3: now I don't know about your local TV news stations. I guess you you watch Indianapolis stations, but yep. uh, here in Pittsburgh they have no commentators. You know, nobody doing editorials of any kind that 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 are any good or anybody pays attention to. Uh, and so their uselessness for anything other than weather, crime stories, and maybe car crashes, uh, they really becomes uh, really becomes obvious around election time, doesn't it?
7: Oh yeah, you know most local news organizations for television. Uh, are just like you said, you know, a little bit of the crime beat, uh, some weather, maybe some sports updates, but uh, they're not very enterprising. Uh, And I I think there are a couple of reasons for that. Television stations are short on resources, and uh, they they don't really have people hired to do investigative or enterprise reporting much anymore. I mean, a few do, so I don't want to go too far down that path. But for the most part, they're going to kind of stay in their lane. And part of that staying in your lane is to don't do anything controversial That would chase people away from watching the weather and uh, all these local tv news stations now have what i consider pretty soft news agendas where there's a lot of stuff about you know uh, adopting pets and that sort of thing and not enough about local government uh, or the local economy uh, or political campaigns for that matter i think a lot of the local tv stations have just decided if we start covering politics, that's a landmine. We might upset somebody. So we'll play it safe. As long as people tune in to watch the weather, and some of our anchors do some, you know, funny chit chat, uh, we're good. And for the most part, they're still pulling pulling it off.
3: Well, meanwhile, I, I worked in TV news for a long time, and um, when I started, the six o'clock news here in Pittsburgh. I must use the eleven o'clock news here in Pittsburgh. The three network affiliates. Uh, I'm going to say that um, 65% of the people watching television at that time of night were watching the local news. Now, there were a lot more stations to choose from, but the point is 65% of the people who had their TVs on were watching one of the three local news stations at 11 o'clock. Now I'd say it might be 12%, maybe yeah, 15
7: it, it's declined a lot, and part of that is because there are other choices out there. But I think part of it is because you know, the news is not the news so much anymore that the agenda has been softened. And let's face it, watching the news can be depressing. Yeah. Uh, a, a statistic I like to bring up uh, in class from time to time is that a third, fully a third of all the news on a local TV station's newscast, whether it's 6 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night, a third is devoted – To what I call cop shop news, which is basically traffic accidents, shootings, Mm -hmm. muggings, that kind of stuff, uh, which is gets kind of depressing. But the contrast to that is to say, okay, a third of all your local TV news time is cop shop news, which is depressing. But less than two percent of all the news has anything to do with education, which should be in the you know important in the minds of most people in any audience, whether it's Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, or you know Timbuktu for that matter. But it's hard to cover education in this day and age because, you know, there are controversial cultural things in there. And also it takes somebody who understands that and you have to go enterprise that. Right. And the one thing about cop shop news is in a major metropolitan area, you've got a steady diet of that. That takes no effort to look at the police blotter or to follow the police cruiser as it goes down the street and show up at the scene of a of a shooting because you've got that every day in major metropolitan, metropolitan areas.
3: Yeah, no, no effort, no guts either. Um, and uh, I, I think, I didn't want to get into a big discussion about local news, but uh, as long as we're on it, um, and I, I wrote about it in a book that I did uh, 12 years ago. Uh, and you mentioned they don't have the resources, the money that they spend to send multiple cars and uh, camera crews out to shoot uh, vacant houses on fire could be used to hire people who actually, I don't know, do enterprising stories or actually sit in the chair on the set and have an opinion that might get people interested or to bring two people into the studio and have a debate. Uh, uh, Jeff, why has nobody uh, at the local level looked at what's happening in cable news, Fox especially, because they started it, and seen the success that they have by taking a hot issue and having two people debate it? And instead of spending four minutes of your uh, of your newscast chasing off ambulances, you take that four minutes and you have a nice, solid debate about uh, what they're teaching on gender education in the schools.
7: Oh, yeah, yeah, I think you're exactly right. There's a lot to be had there, as as I like to tell students in my journalism class. uh, The quote is news is the conversation of democracy. And I think that's a great quote because. News should be able to spark conversations about the issues of the day, and it wouldn't be that hard for a local TV station, you know, to bring in two sensible uh, people uh, who have different opinions on a particular issue and have them, you know, in a professional and diplomatic way discuss an issue. I mean, I'm not talking about bringing in somebody, to yell or yeah, uh, Adam right. Schiff, Adam Schiff to come in and you know make grand claims that he can't back up. But just responsible people to talk about issues of the day and you probably remember this but you know going back into the 60s and even to the 70s most local tv stations did have people who would deliver commentary on the air on set absolutely and they always labeled it as commentary and analysis which i think was appropriate but now part of the problem is some of the reporters on the street you know when they do report from the school board or whatever They inject their opinion and analysis without labeling it as such. And I think that's dangerous, and I think that also scares, you know, your average news consumer away because they think they're getting worked as opposed to being uh, informed.
3: Well, um, they, they don't even have sports guys doing commentary anymore because someone used to be that you might offend somebody. Uh, uh, with some kind of a controversial subject, and now it's because somebody might disagree with you. It's it's pathetic, really. I got about um, two minutes left, and um, I wanted to ask you. There's a couple things I wanted to get into, but I don't have time, so I'm going to go to the the uh, another uh, hoax involving a, an athlete and race uh, with the Duke athletic team. And I'm wondering uh, what does what how should media now that this one is looking more and more like a hoax, the one with the 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 uh, the The player, who uh, who said she was uh, had uh, the n word yelled at her. Um, how should media outlets handle these stories now? Uh, because everybody bought it immediately again, despite yep. Jussie Smollett.
7: They, they they went for it, pretty hook, line, and sinker. Uh, and I must say, I think in, we live in an era now where any time we have that kind of accusation, we need to go slow and do the confirmation and do the research first before reporting, oh, this happened, now let's go see if it really happened or not. And, you know, I I wasn't there, so I can't say what happened or not, but it does appear from the investigation that has gone on, this was at a, a Duke volleyball match against BYU, but from the investigation that's gone on so far, nobody's been able to confirm or verify the allegations that have been out there. But I can guarantee you that around the country now, that there are a lot of people who are always looking to get wound up and upset about something who are still convinced that that thing really happened uh, and wouldn't know necessarily that there have have been reports in police investigations now to show that they can't confirm it. And I'm not saying it didn't happen yet. I wouldn't go that far. Mm -hmm. But we can't confirm it yet anyway. And I think we at least need to take these things with a grain of salt. And I would encourage media organizations, when these things come up, go slow with them. And to not jump to conclusions. And let's face it, you've you, you hung around sports a lot. There's hardly a ball game in the country where some trash talk doesn't happen on the field or from the stands or whatever. And, you know, we can't get into reporting every time an athlete shows up and gets trash talked. Right. And think about this this was a college volleyball game. I mean, it, this wasn't like on the big stage and it right. wasn't with national coverage. That, so everybody, like, just cool off a little bit.
3: Yep, and I didn't believe this story for one second. Um, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm out of time. And uh, i always good to have you on. And we got a couple things I didn't get a chance to cover. We'll try it next time, Jeff. Thanks. We'll do it again soon. Thanks very much. Okay, that's Jeff McCall. He's a professor of communications at the University. I'll be right back from Pitt Cycles in Warrendale.
8: With SRN News, I'm John Scott, the Republicans' point man for recapturing the Senate, calling on the party to rally behind its candidates. Bob Agnew with that report. Florida Senator Rick Scott bristled when Minority Leader Mitch McConnell last month blamed candidate quality for imperiling the GOP plans to recapture the Senate. An a parent jab at candidates backed by former President Trump. Senator Scott, who chairs the National Republican Senatorial Committee, admits to what he calls a strategic disagreement with the party leader, but says, quote, he wants to do the same thing I want to do. I want to get a majority, and I think it's important that we're all cheerleaders for our candidates. Bob Agner reporting. A team of UN inspectors have made their way toward Ukraine's Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. Longs on mission to safeguard the site and prevent a catastrophe from the flooding raging around it. On Wall Street, the Dow is up fractionally, but the NASDAQ is down 121
1: points. This is SRN News. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. Dr. Sebastian Gorka explains simple math. If you increase... The cost
0: of a business doing business, well, they just pass it on. They, they, then they say, okay, the product I'm selling is going to be divided by what the government wants from me. So the idea that you're leveling the playing field, it's just utterly fallacious. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 3, right before John Starkerwald at 5 on AM 1250 the answer. Summer is
3: here and the open road awaits. This is John Stoggerwald and Pit Cycles has what you're looking for. Choose from a huge selection of 136 miles from Indian Triumph, KTM, Royal Enfield, and more. Plus, some big exciting changes coming just around the bend. Get your trade in value in seconds at PitCycles.com and see just how easy it is to take your ride to a whole new level. Pitt Cycles in Warrendale next to Jurgles. Reserve now and beat the rush at PitCycles.com.
0: Pit Cycles! Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at
8: 1-800-690-4040. That's 1-800-690-4040. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1-800-690-4040. That's 1-800-690-4040.
0: SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer.
2: Well, folks, we've had a very busy afternoon, and so it is continuing in a big way in all the usual spots on the Parkway East and the Parkway West, both inbound and outbound. And don't forget, you have the farmer's market underway at Green Tree Park till about 7 o'clock tonight, so expect a lot of extra volume in the uh, general vicinity of Green Tree Park as a result of the farmer's market. That's your latest look at traffic. I'm Eric Herr. AM
0: 1250, the answer,
2: weather. Clear skies for tonight. A great evening for football. We'll see a nighttime low of 59. Sunny to partly cloudy for tomorrow. Tomorrow's high 84. Partly cloudy skies for tomorrow night with a low of 66. Partly sunny Saturday as we start the holiday weekend. It'll become more humid. A thunderstorm in spots of the afternoon. High 84. Partly sunny Sunday. A thunderstorm in parts of the area. High 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
0: This is the John stocker Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer.
3: Well, Joe Biden has uh, been spending a lot of time in Pennsylvania. Apparently, he thinks the, uh, the race for Senate is pretty important. Apparently, he's also been telling a lot of lies about guns, and that's John Lott's specialty. He's the author of More Guns, Less Crime, Gun Control Myths, and he's the president of the Crime Prevention Research Center. He joins us now, John. Thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it.
5: No, oh, it's always great to talk to you. Thanks for having me on.
3: So, yeah, thank you. Uh, the theme of, of uh, his speech Tuesday night uh, seemed to be a kind of a change of tune on cops. What's up with that?
5: Right. Well, I mean, during the twenty twenty campaign, uh, Biden it was asked multiple times explicitly about whether. He supported the Black Lives Matters uh, push to take funds away from police and give it to social workers and what have you. And he explicitly said multiple times that, yeah, no, in fact, he even said that that those ideas had originally been his ideas. Uh, But look, uh, prior to this, uh, Biden's given three speeches on violent crime. Uh, He's Between those three speeches, he mentioned police a total four times. Two of those were were police enforcing gun control laws. Um, He didn't mention anything about district attorneys or prisons or anything else. And that gets to part of the problem here. I mean, he says he wants to spend $13 billion on police. That's not anywhere near the $80 billion he wants to spend on new IRS agents. But right. more police are valuable. I'm not going to argue. I think that's important. The problem is police can't do it by themselves. You know, so you have uh, Democratic-controlled cities, like in Philadelphia, the district attorney is refusing to prosecute violent criminals. Uh, you've had liberal judges in Pennsylvania and other places around the country who are releasing, you know, in many cases, half the inmates from jails and prisons over the last couple of years because of the coronavirus. You have Democrats, including uh, Fetterman and Shapiro, pushing for bail reform in Pennsylvania and other places. And you've had Democrats across the country championing dramatically lower criminal penalties for different crimes. So, you know, police, they are frustrated. You know, they go and do their job, they arrest people, and those criminals are immediately put back on the street. Policing is only one part of the approach to making it riskier for criminals to go and commit crime. And policing is only effective in reducing crime if the rest of the law enforcement apparatus is functioning properly. But Biden, Biden refuses to criticize any of these other democratic policies. So simply now, Is that Johnny? Come lately, going and saying, "Well, he's going to put more money uh, up for police," uh, isn't going to solve the problem completely.
3: Yeah, and he—they all must think that um, the people out here are pretty stupid. Because how could anybody uh, think that they could put it over on the rest of America? Someone like him and say that uh, he was—he's always been—he's never been for defunding the police. That's all they talked about for a year is that we have too many cops. Well, people in his administration,
5: even within the last couple of weeks, people in in his administration have talked about it. You know, the the Supreme Court justice that he got confirmed to the Supreme Court, she's fought her whole career to lower criminal penalties across a whole range of of crimes. Uh, You know, part of the issue that she had was, she consistently, not just once or twice or a dozen times, she consistently went below the recommended penalties for for criminals from the U.S. sentencing guidelines. You know, it's like, you know, virtually all the criminal penalties she was giving out were below the guidelines. And yet, yet he thought that she was the ideal person to put on the Supreme Court to go and oversee things like the punishment of criminals. So... You know, it's uh, – we have an election conversion here, you know, just 70 days or so before the election. But, you know, part of it is – in the irony is he's there campaigning for Fetterman. Uh, I don't know if people know this about Fetterman, but he has come out for expunging all criminal records after 10 years. Uh, I was chief economist for the US Sentencing Commission. I don't know if people understand what that means, but that means that there's no crime that you're going to be able to keep criminals in jail for more than 10 years then. I mean, even if if somebody goes and commits multiple robberies and multiple rapes or murders, and they're going to be sentenced to, let's say, 30 years in jail, uh, under Fetterman's proposal, they will all be released after 10 years. It'd be impossible to keep people in jail for more than 10 years. Is that really what we want? I mean, not only yeah, does I, he I, want to. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. No, but I mean, that's the guy. But, 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 you know, Biden chooses to give a tough on crime speech in Pennsylvania. At the same time, he's campaigning in that speech for for Fetterman to be elected to the U.S. Senate to support the types of policies that Biden wants uh, nationally.
3: Well, and it's amazing. Uh, we're talking to John Lott. He's the uh, president of the Crime Prevention Research Center, also the author of More Guns, Less Crime and Gun Control Myths. I, I mentioned before, uh, it's amazing how stupid they must think people are that they, that, that they can come out now after all they've done for the last couple of years talking about defunding the police and be in the same state as John Fetterman, and 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 be trying to sell, being tough on crime. This guy wants to get rid of life sentences without parole. He's right. uh, he's and, and you can't get him to answer a question. He won't come out of his basement now. He took his cue from the the Biden campaign. So this is what he and and Biden chose as you said he chose Pennsylvania to come here and talk about tough on crime it's uh, he should tiptoe into pennsylvania and never mention crime and then try to get out and hope nobody asks him about it
5: right well i mean i I don't know the post-gazette had uh, an editorial yesterday uh where they were defending fetterman's record i don't know if the editors at the post-gazette simply don't know what terms mean like expunge criminal records after 10 years Uh, you know maybe they just don't understand these things. I've worked in law enforcement. I've worked in the courts. And, uh, you know, these things have very clear meaning. Uh, you know, I'm not even sure, uh, the people at the Post-Gazette even understand what second degree murder covers. Uh, it's kind of embarrassing, but look, there's all sorts of, uh, misstatements that Biden was making yesterday or Tuesday, uh, uh, in his campaign. Uh, you know, he he's going out there and uh, just simple facts about guns, saying that AR-15s, the velocity of bullets from AR-15s, is five times faster than any other gun. I mean, is this even past the laugh test? I mean, uh, uh, he keeps on referring to AR-15s as weapons of war when even the Associated Press's influential style book for reporters. Uh, makes it clear that air 15s are not weapons used by any military any place in the world uh, you know Biden uh, talks about uh, gun dealers selling guns to wholesale to criminals well if he has evidence of that he should put those guys in jail but that's not what he's talking about. he's talking about his zero tolerance policy for gun dealers where if they make any paperwork mistake, one single trivial, completely on un- non-consequential paperwork mistake, he's been taking away their licenses. He's literally put thousands of gun dealers out of business in just the last year. And now that he has uh, his uh, new head of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, they're in, like, hyperspeed putting this into effect to, to, to put gun dealers out of business. Um, but, you know, there's so many other bizarre things that he said, like uh, he kept on talking about, you know, the police lives that were lost on January 6th. There wasn't one police officer that was killed on January 6th. But it's like no, if he, he were six, keeps I on think. repeating this enough times, maybe he thinks people will believe it. Well, where are the fact checkers on things like that? Uh, well, one, the here's the thing, though, died,
3: John. The, the, the problem is that the people who are supposed to be the fact checkers are the media. And so, when he says the things he says, <clears throat> there's nobody in the media, locally or nationally, but especially locally, they just nod their heads and agree. They, well, he's the vice president; he must know what he's talking about, and they just they just buy it. And uh, that's not going to change. So, it's going to take uh, people who listen to this shows like this, people who listen to you, read the stuff that you write, but they're not going to get the truth. You you referred to. Uh, in your piece on Newsweek, you referred to what Biden was saying about guns as you were being polite. You called them inaccuracies. They're, they're
5: lies. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just my academic background. I try not to use as inflammatory language <laughs> I feel nice, like yeah. using <laughs> all the time. But um, yeah. look, uh, you know, it's just not the fact that he doesn't have the police's back with regard to actually punishing these criminals. He's done so many things to make the job and lives of police much more difficult. Uh, He's restored and greatly expanded president Obama's ban on supplying surplus military equipment to police. You know, these are things like riot shields or, or bullet resistant vests or helmets. Uh, you know, uh, He's gone out. He's had executive orders banning chokeholds. He's made it very difficult for police to go and use no-knock warrants. You know, are are there times where police have abused those? Yeah, sure, but you just don't ban these things. There are times when a police officer may have little option. If he's dealing with somebody much larger than him or he has more people that he's dealing with than he has arms available... He may find that he has to go and do these things. And as far as no-knock warrants, it's like he has no clue why they got instituted to begin with. No, no, no-knock no, warrants can actually save lives. When you're invading a drug gang's house, do you really want to alert them so that they can all be armed for when you come in to the place that's there? So, you know, it's uh, it, it, he wants to limit it to only cases where it's, quote, imminent life. Of the officers threatened, I don't know if he knows what that means, but imminent means that the person has to literally be pointing a gun at you when you're using the no-knock warrant. Well, it's not going to be really a no-knock warrant if somebody's actually pointing a gun at you at that point. So he's basically set up rules that make it so that it's impossible for them to use no-knock warrants. You know, maybe the same people. Go ahead. No, he say, spend a these day are the being same. a police officer and seeing how these guys put their lives on the line for other people and why these types of rules have been set up the way they have.
3: These are the same people who ask, why didn't they just shoot the guy in the leg? Yeah, you know, right. the guys well, coming at him with a gun. And my well, response Biden to that is they didn't shoot the guy enough. You know?
5: you know, Biden has recommended that they shoot them in the legs. I mean, they have, like, no clue how difficult it is to go and shoot people in the leg. He has no clue that you can kill somebody just as well by shooting them in the leg if you get a major artery that's there mm-hmm. as you can if you shoot them someplace else.
3: Well, um, <clears throat> I did hear Joe very loudly and very proudly uh, say that he's going to end uh, the sale of assault weapons, and he got a big cheer from that, as usual, Tuesday night. Well,
5: so here's the deal. Democrats are kind of feeling their oats in terms of, uh, of keeping the Senate and maybe getting a couple more seats there, uh, picking up Pennsylvania, for example, switching it from Republican to Democrat. And uh, they think that if they pick up one or two seats in the Senate, they'll be able to undo the filibuster. And they're actually starting to become optimistic, according to the White House, on, on keeping control of the House. Well, if they can undo the filibuster in the Senate by picking up Republican seats, you know, one or two is all they really maybe need. Uh, They'll be able to, and and Fetterman uh, is strongly in favor of getting rid of the filibuster. They'll be able to go and get through things like uh, the assault weapons ban that Biden wants to have because they won't have to worry about picking up a single Republican vote. You know, people like Joe Manchin, Talks again about being, you know, reticent to do things. But in the end, he votes for 98% of all Biden's nominees, including, like, for the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. He votes for the Supreme Court Justice. He votes for all these other radicals that are there uh, that he's putting on the courts that want to make it so people can't go and own guns for protection. you know, he votes for Build Back Better as soon as it gets changed to name gets changed in the Inflation Reduction Act, although it's it's essentially the same stuff that was there before. So you get one or two more Democrats in the Senate, you flip P- Pennsylvania with Fetterman. Uh, they'll be able to get through things like the assault weapons ban. We're talking to John
3: Lott, finishing up here. Uh, John, one of the books you wrote is called. Uh, gun control myths. So while I have you here, what are the uh, worst myths that are still being promoted by Democrats? And are there any new ones out there?
5: Well, there are new ones all the time. Uh, the book goes through 45 different uh, false claims that we hear all the time in the media. So, for example, one that I think is predictably pernicious <clears throat> is the claim that the United States is somehow unique in terms of mass public shootings either in terms of the number or whether it even occurs in other countries. And the problem is is that people don't take into account the fact that the United States has 332 million people. In a lot of the countries in Europe, you may have 5 million or 10 million people. The most populous country in Europe is Germany with 80 million. So let me give you an example. If you look at mass public school shootings uh, in the United States, since 2000, we've had nine. In Germany, they've had three, one in which 18 people were killed, another 15, another four. Uh, The thing is, we have more than four times the population of Germany. And so if you adjust for the fact that they have less than a fourth, that three is the equivalent of us getting 12. So they actually have a higher per capita rate of mass public school shootings than we have in the United States. You have a country like Finland, which has had two uh, big school shootings. They have 5 million people. They have less than one sixtieth the number of people that we have here in the United States. It's kind of like comparing the number of murders in Pennsylvania with the number of murders in Rhode Island. I assume nobody would do that. I assume people would go and put them in per capita rates and adjust for the fact that Pennsylvania is a much bigger state in terms of population than, than Rhode Island. Uh, But for some reason, when it comes to mass public shootings, uh, people just refuse to do that. The media refuses to do that.
3: Hey, John, I'm out of time. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. Keep up the good work. I'm sure we'll have you on again.
5: Sure. Well, there are lots of things to talk about, but uh, people can find more at our website at crimeresearch.org, crimeresearch.org.
3: Okay. Thanks a lot, John Lott. We appreciate it. And we've all helped right build back. MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. This is John Stoggerwald. The Percale and Giza Dream bedsheet sets are available in a variety of colors and sizes. They're all on sale for as low as twenty nine ninety eight with our listener promo code. Order now because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale and Giza Dream sheets are breathable and they have a cool, crisp feel. These come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-716-8087. Use the promo code STAG or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. This offer will not last long, so order now with promo code STAG at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bed sheets. For the best night's sleep
1: in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com.
8: International.
0: 5519, The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
3: Hey, so welcome back to uh, Pit Cycles here in Warrendale, right next to Jurgles. Um, and we're going to finish up here talking to uh, Bill O'Baker. He's the co owner uh, of this uh, unbelievable establishment. If you uh, have not been here, you need to just come and just check it out. It's, uh, it, it blows you away when you walk in the door and see, what, see what, what's here to buy. It's amazing. I would, Bill. I would hate to be walking in not knowing what I want and then have to try to decide. Do most people, when they show up here, do they do they know what they're looking for, or are they, or are they overwhelmed by all this uh, the choice?
4: Well, typically, our customers have done a fair amount of research and they have an idea of you know what they want. Many yeah. times, they actually know the product so well. Yeah, uh, I wish I could hire them. <laughs> yeah. But surprisingly, since we have such a broad range of product. Uh, frequently, they come thinking about uh, you know their dream bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, we permit people to test ride the bikes, and after riding a number of them, they they end up selecting something other than what they walked in for. And either way, we're we're well suited because uh, we we believe then they chose what was best for them and they chose wisely.
3: Yeah, and um, uh, you have is the BMW is what you're you're one, you're promoting right now because you are the the home of BMW motorcycles here. And you got the uh, a kind of a great, you got a grand opening going on where you're introducing the BMWs.
4: Right uh, today is our celebration. Uh, it's taken two years for us to go through all the various steps that BMW required for uh, being approved as a dealership, and today we're celebrating by you know, once again having product on the floor and and welcoming people that uh, you know would like to come out and take a look at that yeah. that fine crafted machinery that they produce
3: well you close at six tonight so you're about ready to close what what's your hours uh, during the week Tuesday through Fridays
4: uh, we are open from nine to six and then on Saturdays from nine to four
3: okay now uh, I asked you this question <clears throat> before I we, uh, went on the air uh, I'm an old guy and <clears throat> I, I'm amazed at how often uh, someone will pull up next to me I got a minute left here uh, someone will pull up next to me in a motorcycle and I'll look over and they look like me. They're, they might even be older than I am. So there's, the, the old guys are still out there cranking, aren't they?
4: You know, uh, we have a, a number of men that uh, are uh, approaching their eighth decade uh, yeah. uh, out there still riding uh, in all elements. Uh, but we, we have brand new riders that have just turned 16 and yep. so yes. As a result, uh, we're, we're happy to have all ages come through, and, and we have product for them all.
3: Well, that's great. Uh, I, thank you for being a sponsor of the show. Thanks for having us out here today. And uh, we're done. Uh, it's Bill O. Baker. He's the co-owner of Pit Cycles. Check him out at pitcycles.com. Come out and check him out in Warrendale right next to Juergens. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.
0: John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Servicemaster of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow fan. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military.
1: Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors.
0: This set off alarm bells.